Hey, uh, welcome to church. For those that are sitting over there and angled to the stage, you're going to miss out because I'm going to be preaching all the way over here today. Sorry, you're going to have to turn your chairs just a little. How cool is this? How cool is, is actually doing church around a table, a big banquet table? This is what we've been invited to as the people of God. Sorry, Sue, Ian, uh, Trish, you're going to have to turn around as well because I'm just going to keep walking up and back. It is so, so good to worship. In this way, I, I came up and I joined in uh, singing with you guys earlier. And as I did, I felt connected as a community, as one body around a table. Um, and that was just really precious for me. So thank you for joining in this morning. Uh, welcome to all of our visitors. It is good to have you with us. A key outworking of the gospel, of this good news of Christ, I want to share three really simple things this morning. I want to share three simple things. Welcome to the banquet feast, where we have a trustworthy and a dependable host, where we can invite all people into a kingdom of plenty. And the third thing is that everybody is welcome and everybody has a place. Welcome to this this morning. Um, last week, we passed a point of no return. We had Mike Bullard down from Baptist Churches WA, and he inducted both me and my partner pastor, my lead pastor, uh, Ian. Ian is currently in Sydney. Um, he's having a ball with his family, his, his three daughters. Um, one's just graduated, and the other one's become a registered nurse, and there's a birthday party, something. But anyway, ask him about that when he gets back next week. Um, and if you're in town, um, come and join us. In two weeks' time, we've got a guest speaker, very important, uh, mission speaker. But anyway, we've passed a point of no return. We've, we've got this guy on board with us. Um, and now it's the next phase of us exploring what does this mean together as a community, as a leadership, as we invite new people into our leadership, and as we invite everybody else in from the community into here, who are we going to be as a people? Um, I've been pushing uh, No God Share Christ Care for People as our vision over the past year, but now we've got somebody else to come and join in with that, and that means that we are necessarily going to have to change a little bit. We need to incorporate the gifts and talents of the new staff team, but we also need to incorporate not just that, but we need to incorporate the gifts and talents of who we're becoming as a people, as a gathered body of Christians here in Margaret River. Um, so today I want to continue to speak into this emerging vision for the future of our church. And I love that we get to do this today because this was something that was integral to Christ's ministry uh, when he was on the earth. It was integral to the scriptures in early times and I believe it's integral to our mission and our ministry together here as a people in our contemporary times. And Christ incorporated this into his ministry and so we want to follow this example. And this example is so simple and you know what it was? It was to eat together. It was to eat together. So simple. Eat with people. And so today I want to skim through this simple theme and unlock for us uh, potentially helpful meditations on this idea or Christian practice, how to eat together as we look at our scriptures. And then I want us to use them in our reality. Um, simply put, we see that eating with people is an extension of the ministry of Christ to those around us. It's almost ironic that the saviour of the world was called a glutton and a drunkard in how he did his ministry. 
We want to start, um, or we want to continue to follow Christ's example in this, and not just because it's good to have a party, um, but because the most unique and tangible experience of the kingdom that we can offer people is to eat together, to be accepting, to sit across a table from one another, to, to share with one another. And so this is the emerging vision of the church. We want to follow Christ. We want to share the good news, and we want to care not just for people, we want to care for the world, but we want to do that around a table. And so today's emerging vision practice is to eat with people. So let me get into this by sharing a story from when I was younger. Um, When I was about 10 or so, you start realising that your family is different uh, from the other families around. Yeah. Uh, My parents divorced, my mother was blind, uh, and she raised my two sisters and I. We were, to be fair, we were on the outer fringes of society, right? Blind mum couldn't get anywhere, really hard to engage. Um, Couldn't get anywhere, couldn't drive. And because my mum was blind, we were a wild bunch of kids. Um, But some of my most vivid memories as a child were actually attending other people's houses and eating with them. The joy of the banquet. As, um, as me and my wife were sharing about this, Miriam, uh, she shared a story. You were telling us about what happened in the multicultural church. Yeah, what happened with that? It was like, yeah, shit. Thanks. Thanks, darling. And for me, at 10, at the age of 10, I remember the spread of food. Remember, uh, 80s decorated house, so brick walls with the crazy brick, and the decor was, uh, was dark brown and, uh, and gold accents. You remember that? I'm taking you back there. Uh, and the table was laid out with tan and brown tablecloths, brightly colored foods, red capsicums, green salads, the most sumptuous sausage rolls, eyes bulging, crumbed eggs, hot curries. What a party. Yeah? All that good food from the 80s, you remember that, all of it, yeah. Okay. I remember trying a chili for the first time. What a mistake at the age of 10. Oh, who put those chilies next to the capsicums? I thought I was in for something good. No. No, no, not a good idea. Who would put such a silly food on the table next to a capsicum? Anyway, these memories for me are the start of a formulation of the kingdom of God for me. The people that hosted these parties, they were from the local church. And we got invited into that. And as I think back to it now, it helps me to know what the good news of the kingdom is. Is that it's that God's kingdom is a kingdom where there's a trustworthy and dependable host who's inviting all people to a kingdom of plenty where everybody fits. A trustworthy and dependable host who's inviting people to a kingdom of plenty where everybody fits. Have you ever seen a kid's eyes grow wild when he sees, uh, wide, when he sees a table full of food? This is what coming to understand God's love is like. This is what the kingdom, coming to understand what the kingdom is like, is for the first time. That, That awe of the full table. And so as apprentices to Jesus, then, we need to open our eyes to the immensity of wealth that the kingdom might offer us should we choose to engage with it. 
Now, Jesus, Jesus knew of the dependable lavishness and strength of the host of the kingdom. He read his Bible, the Old Testament scriptures, and what we're about to read was written by King David 1,000 years before Christ was born. In the following scriptures, there's this recurring theme of banquet, table, of eating together. In the different seasons of life, trouble or happiness, always on the mind is a future banquet of God. And I'd love us to read this passage again. It's already been read together. But I want to read it as a way that we can actually start engaging and perhaps use this as a meditative practice or something that we can come back to all the time um, when we need to remember this trustworthiness and dependability of uh, the one who is hosting this banquet. Um, I'm going to skim across some of the passages that um, Lynette has already helped us read this morning. But I want us to read this together. So... Val, are you able, with not a lot of notes, can you pull back up the Psalm 23? Yep. Um, You've got screens all around, so wherever you want to read it, uh, behind on the side there at the front. Let's read together. Um, And if we can read um, off the screen so that everybody says the same thing, that'd be great. But if you want to say what you want from your your version, that's okay as well. I don't like this. I lack nothing. I like the old school, but that's okay. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's good. We have a trustworthy and a dependable host. As I was researching, I came across one commentator's uh, thoughts on this. He wrote this. He says, the promise to the ancient psalmist was simple. He says, I am with you. In response, the psalmist confesses, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Let me say that bit again. The ancient psalmist, the promise to the ancient psalmist was simple, I am with you. In response, the psalmist confesses, I fear no evil, because you are with me. I might be surrounded by the enemies, but you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And so this is it, right? God is still with us. The God who drew near to us in Emmanuel or Christ is with us still. And in spite of our lack of trust or failure to follow, Jesus has promised, I am with you always to the end of the age. That we might still feast when all around us is dark. And so when I was at that party with those um, crumbed eggs and the great sausage rolls, I realized what lavishness could look like. My mum being blind was in, was, it was fine, right? My mum's blind, it's fine. In fact, it was normal to us, but we definitely weren't a normal family. Not running down my mum at all. I love her and she did great for her ability. Um, but you don't realize what lavish food looks like um, when you can't see what you're cooking. And we didn't know as kids that we were on the outer until we were older. And so I'm so grateful for that invite and for those that built into me and my family as kids. 
I would say as we grew up, we mostly lived in the world of give us this day our daily bread. Um, and sometimes with my mum's cooking, perhaps it was I will fear no evil <laughs> um, rather than lavishness. But I'm sure these passages, they would have been real to Jesus as he grew up also. But this feast, this is what God offers us. This feast from the scriptures, what we just read there, this feast is what God offers us. And so I'm sure as Jesus read these, they would have been real to him as well. He knew what it was like to be on the outer. So that's the first point, that we have a trustworthy host. But this good news that we have today, it doesn't doesn't just stop there. It keeps getting better. We get to go to a place where all are welcome around this table. Uh, When I was a little bit older, uh, maybe 12 or 13, uh, we were invited to join a family and stay at their house on holiday. Uh, away from the city, it was in the country. Now, this family had so many children, their, their table was huge. It would have been at least one, two, three of these. would have been at least here. They had, oh, how many kids? How many, who's got a big family here? How many kids in your family, Matt? Eight kids. All right. So it would have been at least this big to fit eight kids around, plus the parents. And then you wouldn't believe it, that family uh, that I went to visit at that time They always had a fourth table out. They always had an extension. And the reason for that extension was that they were always inviting people back for dinner. And it was great because we got invited to that table when I was 12 or 13. And this experience for me of going to this family's house and just sitting at this long table, even though we were on the outer, we got invited to this table. And you've got the, you know, the big kids sitting up here and all the adults, and then slowly, bit by bit, it gets smaller and smaller, and you've got the little kids sitting all the way down the end. But that's how it works, right? But these experiences were slowly forming me a picture of the kingdom, a kingdom where there, there was not lavish food, there was at least sufficient food. There was a dependable host, and that there was room, everybody around this table. And so our emerging vision for this church is that as we follow Christ, that we will be a church where we invite people into a kingdom where everybody fits around the table. Let's, um, can you throw up that Isaiah 25 passage? I'd love for us to read this again together. Because in this uh, passage, we've got um, this picture of a kingdom where all people fit, or plenty of people fit, and not just... The rich people or the people who think, ha, I have a place at the table. No, it's a place for even the small kids, the kids that don't fit in, the kids that feel like they're out of place. Uh, Isaiah 25, if you want to open up your scriptures, feel free to read it from your scriptures. It should be the same as what's up there. Um, Let's read it together. Isaiah 25, we're going 1 through 8. We're probably going to skip a little bit in 4 that gets a little bit off topic. Uh, 1 through 8. Uh, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. You have made this city a heap of rubble, the fortified town a ruin, the foreigner's stronghold a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore strong peoples will honour you, cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a stronghold. Here you go. You've been a refuge for the poor a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter for the storm and a shade from the heat. 
for the breath of the ruthless is like a storm driving against a wall. And the, sorry, keep going, keep going, where are we at? You have silenced the uproar of foreigners as heat is reduced by the shadow of a cloud, so the song of the ruthless is stilled. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all the peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. What a great passage. I invite you to to take these passages away and meditate on them, read them, take a chunk of it, read a chunk of it during the week, come back to it. It's no wonder, right, as I remember it now, uh, what an impact that it had um, where we find that even a wild child like myself, even a family that didn't quite fit into normal family, uh, into the normal family mold, it might fit in and be included at this table. And we don't come to understand the last part of that passage until we've walked in this pattern of faith for a while. What is it? What does it mean that Christ will swallow up death forever? But this is our hope. This is our hope, right? This is our anchor for the soul, as it says in Hebrews 6. And so this is a part of what the good news is, right? That we have this trustworthy and dependable host inviting all people. Did you catch those alls? in that scripture as you read it? Into a kingdom of plenty where everybody fits. And so these words in Isaiah that we've just read, these were written in the 8th century before Christ. And this is the long build-up, right? Looking to this banquet where there's a sufficiency, an overflowing cup, an anchor for the soul. The proof of this is that Jesus showed this kingdom drawed near. And the proof is that when the kingdom drew near to people, people engaged. People started saying, hey, I want to know more about this faith. I want to know more about what God is doing. I want to see it. And as we engage with Jesus' banqueting ministry, we see an invitation not just to a small section of humanity, but actually to all people. We saw Jesus described as a glutton and a drunkard earlier. Uh, If you want to look at that, that's in Matthew 11. Matthew, where is it? Who knows? Mm, Yeah, 11, 19. Glutton and drunkard. But he didn't eat with just tax collectors and sinners, right? He ate with everybody. And so this means that our job, our role in this ministry is to actually be open to eating with everybody also. Just wondering where to go. I know that we're probably a little short on time. I'd love for us just to flick, flick your Bibles open to Luke 14. Um, Jesus didn't just eat with the tax collectors and sinners. He ate with the Pharisees also. In Luke 14, we catch three snapshots of Jesus eating with these Pharisees as well because they wanted to know. The people who said, no, I've got it all together. He ate with those people as well. We're going to look up just a specific verse, um, but feel free to come back to Luke 14 for some specific dinner tips um, for yourselves as you go and uh, engage in this ministry. 
But Luke 14 is mainly about Jesus trying to call his Pharisees, his Hebrew brothers and sisters. He's saying, hey, come to this banquet feast. Come to this feast and don't miss out. And unfortunately for the Pharisees that were there, the, our text shows that uh, the parable of the kingdom banquet, it falls on deaf ears. And so Jesus, instead of hanging around and waiting for the religious of the day to engage with this kingdom, Jesus follows uh, Psalms and he follows Isaiah and he says, actually, the whole world needs to bear witness to this lavishness of God's kingdom. And so what he does is he says, come and have a look at the goodness of God. And in Luke 14, let's go 21b. So the second half of verse 21, Luke 14, it says this. Then the master of the house became angry and he said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city, bring in the poor and the crippled and blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you've commanded has been done. And still there is room at this table. And he, and he master said to his servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that this house might be filled. And so isn't this a great spot where we get a picture of a kingdom where all people might fit? And we see the overflow. We see the proof of this ministry when we look uh, at the first Easter. We look at the wake of Acts chapter 2, um, and we see the impact that this apprenticeship to Jesus in this area actually had. And we see what actually happened when they did that. Flick across to Acts chapter 2. Uh, Acts 2, 42 uh, to 47. The fellowship of believers, and this is what it says in Acts uh, 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayers. I'm going to break some bread. I'm going to do it here because that's what we're doing. To breaking of bread and to prayers. 43, and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. 46, and here it is again. And day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts and they praised God and they had favor with all people and the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. Breaking bread, so important here, mentioned twice in this passage. So I encourage you, look to your community, look to those around you, look to those in your sphere of influence, look to those in your context. Who is in need? How can you help? Who can you invite to dinner? How can you engage with the world as Christ has this endless supply and this lavish banquet for all? How can you follow Jesus' example in eating with people, breaking bread with people this week? As I come to a, to a close, why would God invite me in? You might be there, you might be sitting there, you're going... I've never been invited in. I've never had a chance to taste this great and sumptuous feast that you're talking about, Damo. Can I encourage you that this feast is for you also? With pictures of the lavish love of God for his people. Um, as the husband loves the wife, as the wife loves the husband, this is the love that Christ has for us. And if we want to, we can jump across to Song of Solomon um, and we can see this idea of the bride for the husband, the husband for the bride. Uh, if we wanted to, we could jump to Song of Solomon's 2 verse 4. It says, As the apple tree among the tree of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. 
With great delight I sat in his shadow, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Verse 4 in Song of Solomon 2, he says this, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. This is the love that God has for you. This is the love God has for me, God has for you, God has for humanity. You might say to me, Dame, I've never felt this love extended to me. I've never known what it is to have love declared over me. And today I declare it to you, God's love for you. His dependability, his trustworthiness. His lavish love that helps cups overflow. Who has the choicest of morsels to fill empty stomachs, the richest of meats. And it's there for you should you reach out and have the faith to ask for it. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and I will enter in, and I will eat with him who wants to be eaten with. Christ would eat with you if you would open your heart, your mind, and your soul to him. But I'm too embarrassed, Damo. I don't look right. I don't fit right. Can I tell you that God is for you this morning? God loves you. So as I close up, Christ wants us to be a people who eat together, to share of the kingdom together. And how we do it is going to look different in each of our contexts. Can I encourage you this week to eat with somebody to eat with a group of people out of the ordinary, a friend from work or school or a social club that you're a part of. And as we continue to grow and evolve as a community, as we develop our new flavor of following Christ, of sharing the good news, this is going to flow so easy from us. It'll help us to care for people and the world. And this is an outworking of the good news of Christ. Our challenge this week is to know this truth, to perhaps be able to memorize parts of these scriptures that I've led us through, um, that where we feel under strain or pressure, we might be able to repeat these to ourselves. We might be able to sit with them. We might be able to trust. We might be able to reach out to God and say, God, you are my shepherd. I will fear no evil. That we might know the lavishness of his love for us. And those are our three points for this morning. We have a trustworthy and dependable host that's inviting all people to a kingdom of plenty where everybody fits. Let's pray for us. Uh, Let me pray for us now. Lord, you are just so amazing in your love for us. Lord, how deep your love is. We sung it earlier. Lord, we sit here in this moment and we give to you worship and praise and glory. We're just great, so grateful. Lord, as we continue to do community, as we, as we grow in who we are as Christians here in Margaret River and as Christian gathered community, Lord, I pray that you would draw people to this community as we eat with them. Lord, that they would know the love that you have for them. Lord, that as we do good deeds, Lord, that you will be praised in heaven. Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, people.